You're listening to The Voice. This episode, hosted by Judd Rasmussen. Welcome back to The Voice. I'm Judd Rasmussen, and today we're going to continue the conversation with Greg McDonald. I have the pleasure of sitting with Greg uh, over coffee uh, over the course of the year, but most of our listeners aren't given that opportunity, and we enjoyed the previous conversation so much, we thought we'd continue it today. Greg, I've been selling marketing services and creative services and, and dealing with clients in Ottawa for about 18 years, Ottawa and Toronto. And what I've learned is that it's, it's not as much a case of presenting work that we've done before. Aren't we creative? Look at the great stuff, the cool stuff we've done. Uh, and it's more a case of, of listening to a client, asking questions, and sitting back. So sales is listening from a marketing standpoint, at least, at least in my view, to help the client really think about why they're doing this. Now, is that a fair statement? Of, as when you're sitting on the client side, are you looking for the same type of interaction? Yeah, I, I'm going to step out of the Carlton Cheese for a second, go back to before that. I used to run into this all the time, and you get an opportunity maybe, and, and a client says, we want to advertise, but very quickly, I mean, it depends who you are, but very quickly you start to see these red flags, and you say, advertise what? Right. What are we talking about advertising here, you know? Because oftentimes advertising is um, one of these, um, I'll call it, tactics that people use instead of dealing with things uh, that have nothing to do with advertising. Sometimes businesses don't flag because it's not advertised. Uh, they don't flag because it's not great businesses or they don't have a great story or they don't, uh, they don't provide a great experience, you know? Mm. It's share a voice, which is what advertising is going to give you in the market, only goes so far. And um, I think it was Rosser Reeves who said it, nothing kills a bad cr uh, product quicker than a great ad. So what I always tend to like look at these clients, and I, I think we're probably talking about the boutique type shop in town. We're not talking about the, some of the larger agencies I've mentioned because right. uh, the, only reason, the only way they can sustain 50 to 70 employees is they're going after some pretty big serious business on a national class right. and even uh, on a national level or even internationally because that's what it takes to fund that. But Ottawa's filled with a lot of shops that are, you know, four to eight, four to nine yeah, people. Exactly. Uh, in large measure, they would be headed up by uh, oftentimes creatives who uh, didn't want to work for someone else, so they've created, they, they built the job for themselves, right? So one thing is knowing exactly what you are and who you are and staying within your zone. Right. That's one thing that I would give anybody the advice to. If you hate this, don't do it. I've done it, I've done it a million times where I've gone after business that I can't stand, that I'm not right for, and every single time I had my head pounded into the sand because I was not built to deliver on it, right? Right. So understand what you love to do. Then you got to figure out, is, does what I love to do have any value in the marketplace? And how am I going to present that, right? So we talked earlier about making sure that your brand is known. Make sure your brand is known for something that you love and do exceptionally well, and make sure that we find a way to tell a story that attaches a, a value to that. The idea that we do beautiful work and no one gives a shit or no one wants to pay for it, that's a bad business strategy, man. Right. You know what I mean? You're not going to eat very well with that. It's just not a, a, a wise thing to do. And I always think it comes down to this. Like, if I take a look at, uh, I've done a ton of media business, media sales and planning in my life. and. Man, that was like the last thing in the world I ever thought I would do. I didn't like it necessarily. It's, uh, some days I love it, some days I can't stand it um, now. But back in the day, I was making my living off of it. And what I realized was that people would pay you good money if you took this absolute monstrosity off of their hands, right? Because it's the most painful part of a communications business. It's uh, research, it's, it's, it's investment, it's, 
you know, trying to tie audiences with uh, sensibilities with your products and stuff. It's a real painful exercise. It's incredibly accounting heavy, that type of thing. So this is one where area where not just in, in, um, in media, but the business side kills the creative side. So another piece of advice, I don't even know if this has anything to do with the question you asked me originally. Uh, if I was going to start up a studio tomorrow, the very first thing I would do, I would hire the best front of the house person uh, I could afford. Right. The best numbers person, the best person to field everything, the best person to coordinate our, our studio and our office. Because the right brainers like me, uh, we're great uh, at the pitch, the presentation, and the flash idea. The delivery part is really, really painful for a lot of studios. And I think they suffer greatly by not having that business side covered off well. You know what I mean? Yeah, and it's built upon the business side and, and puts you backing. So what I was pursuing was the, the client side experience. Right. Uh, you're that marketing manager. That you're the one with the budget. Um, and you're, you're now talking to potential agencies. There's an individual supplier, creative, whatever the structure may be. And I know what I do. I call, it, I call their clients. Okay. Call them right up. Yeah. You know? What do you think of this person? What do you think of that? And I, and I don't just assess the agency that way. I'll assess the client that way because, as I said, there is no shortage or there are, there, are no, there are no shortages of challenging or uneducated clients. Right. You know, whether it's their fault or not, it doesn't really matter. And when I talked early on about having to do a lot of work that I never got paid for, it wasn't spec work. It was once I did land a client, um, I often, many times, probably all the time, had to, uh, you know, work harder than the hours I was billing for. Hours that you're billing for are just a kind of an arbitrary thing anyway, but the client never appreciates what you write down next to that hour and that fee. It just never does. So what I tried to do is I tried to work my ass off to become far more of a strategic alliance partner who supplied se uh, some elements of the creative process right. uh, to them and made sure that, that I, the, the stuff I didn't supply, they were able to get from other firms, but get it with kind of the confidence of knowing that they're asking the right questions of the agency so they give the agencies the right um, tools to sort of work with. So would you then take it, because a lot of RFPs ask for it, give us three uh, references. If it came down to RFPs, man, I would not even have a job. Okay, forget, forget, RF, forget RFPs. Would you ask for references or would you just look at that agency's I don't ask portfolio for and say, uh, yeah. I'm going to start phoning the company and find out who's in charge of marketing, who dealt with web and, uh, and deal with it that way to get through. Yeah, and I'll, I'll make my own decision. There's no question about it, but I, I still want to hear it. And uh, as I say, and I, and I listen to it very fairly. I, I've been, on the, I've been in the, on the creative side for most of my life, so I know the challenges I'm up against on the client side of things. Um, so uh, they've got my vote that way. But I do want to find out, more than anything else, what kind of a business experience people provided. Okay. Uh, I recently worked with a very um, uh, well-known um, agency uh, that's based out of Toronto. Fantastic people. Uh, their creative is stunning. <laughs> the experience for what we invested and, and you know, what they meant to us, the business experience was not where it needed to be. They were just a larger, better funded boutique. You know? So they can't add pain to your life. There's, there's two, there sounds like there's well, two points there. There's the end deliverable, what they crank out, and you say, hey, that's great. But if it was incredibly painful getting there, it's uh, not worth it. Okay, I'd qualify it this way, because I work with some tough agency people who will battle a client uh, hard and fairly, and I like that. But I've also worked with piss artists who will just absolutely hate, they hate business, yet they're in business, right? Right. So we get into needless scraps all the time. That I don't have time for. But if someone's got a really good point to make and they're strategic and smart and they want to make sure that they, they do the right thing because their name's on this work as well, I totally respect that and I got all the time in the so world. So you're paying, you're paying a supplier for their expertise and their opinion. At yeah. the end of the day, the decision is yours. 
Yeah. But, but you I don't want to do a loan. If I want to do yeah. a loan, I wouldn't even have hired them, right? Right. No, I need their help. There's no question about it. And I respect a good fight and a smart fight, but too many times in the past, I've had some, those, those things were fine, but we've had other um, examples where just, there's a lot of young creatives and they're talented and the idealism sometimes comes across as being business is bullshit basically and uh, this is not the way it's supposed to be done. And many times they're right, but the easy task is to have someone who says, yes, I love whatever you do. Right. The real challenge is to come up with work that you can live with, that's compelling, that has respect and value inside of these challenging circumstances that every institution provides. Like mine's no different. We've got people that think that there should be one of everything in a photo, you know, it's like yeah. Secretary of State. Yeah. And I get it, you want to be inclusive, but you know what? Your audience is way smarter than that and we, we have to talk to them. Um, uh, we have to use better conversations and, 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 and a lot more consideration to their intelligence when we do have conversations with them. Well, I think that's a good place to wrap up this, this part of the conversation. Um, the point I want to reiterate to potential clients or people on the client side, because quite frankly, they don't care that much about the creative side. Hey, folks, figure it out, you're hunting. Mm -hmm. understand your client as you should and, and make their life easier. But I do have some sympathy for those marketing managers and the marketing coordinators who are expected to hit home runs every time they're given a budget to spend, is do some upfront homework, uh, make some calls, as you said. Don't just ask for references, look at the portfolio, uh, make some calls to past clients and, and find out what the experience was, not just the undeliverable, but looks pretty. Was it easy getting there? Was it painful? And, well, uh, one more point to that. Uh, of what I've gone through uh, in the last five years, if I had to make the decision as to whether or not I'm hiring the most creative shop I can hire, or I'm gonna hire a creative shop that I know has great process and uh, great paperwork and can keep a schedule, I'm gonna have to default to the second one just because I have too much pressure on me internally. Right. It doesn't mean I'm gonna get the kind of work that I always want or the best work, but it's always a mix of- But you'll get good work on time with fewer headaches. Yeah, I just won't get great work. I may get good work, I may not get great work, but if great work is only delivered by being incredibly um, challenging in every aspect, every other aspect of the business, it's probably that's why we sort of bail on that because it's hardly worth it day to day. Right. You know, there's a difference between being uh, an artist uh, for artistic sake and then signing a contract saying we're in business. Because at the end of the day, no matter what we do in this space, we have to deliver a business result to somebody. That's what they're paying us for, and they're paying us good money to, it, yeah. to do it. And sometimes that means you have to battle it out with them because they're their own worst enemy. And the other thing that we don't do enough in this town is you got to realize who's not supposed to be working with you. I have so many, I'm closing this, I have so many great creative friends that are just getting killed uh, by working with horrible clients that have this carrot hanging out there. You know what? I'm 50, a lot of them are in the late 30s and 40s. By now, grow an instinct, and if they're not right, they're not right. I know we got to eat, but honest, the heartbreak that I see happening is just not worth it. It's brutal. All right, so I think we've pointed fingers at the clients and the agencies, and we'll leave it there. Thanks, Greg. You've been listening to the podcast of the International Association of Business Communicators, Ottawa Chapter, produced at the Media Style Studio. For more information, visit ottawa.iabc.ca. The Voice is partnering with Kiddick, an online tool for one-click surveys. We need your feedback on our podcast. Go to this address, it's a bit of a mouthful, bit.ly slash thevoiceott.